0: Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in faith.
1: He goes on to give three solid examples of people doing the Word. What does it look like? If you're really living out your religion, if you're really living out the word, if you're really practicing the truth, well, he shows us a nature of acceptable obedience to scriptures. Uh, Do not merely listen to the word, so deceive yourselves, do what it says. First thing, notice, control your tongue. Reaching up high
0: with arms open. Changing our lives so we can be our heads and feet. If you've ever wondered what your life should practically look like as a Christian, or if you've ever had any doubts as to what's required of you, the book of James is the book you should be studying. Today, Pastor Ed will be challenging us through practical examples on how our lives as Christians should look. We should be living in such a way that our behaviors and deeds properly reflect the character of Jesus. We are called to be the light of the world, but if we just look like the world, what will they see in us? Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith.
1: Building in Faith. Any of you who uh, are married men you know what it is to wait 20 minutes for your wife when she looks in the mirror and sees something she has to change. I mean, women are good at that. They'll cover that blemish. They'll come out looking real good. Sometimes men can just look in the mirror and then walk away. Well, James is saying the difficulty with this man is that he looks in the mirror, sees what needs to be done, walks away, walks away, and it leaves his mind. He simply forgets it. That's sometimes how I feel it is in church. People hear a stirring message, or a Bible study, or a teaching, and an amen, and a praise the Lord, and a yes, preach it, brother. Then, when people go out into the foyer and exit the side doors, it's like magic erasers are right there. Suddenly, the message is gone. Can people tell Sunday afternoon that we were in church Sunday morning? Can they tell Monday that we heard a word from God on Sunday? James is saying, we have to be careful not to miss what God is saying because we can't mistake hearing for doing. They're two different things. It reminds me of the story I heard about the hillbilly. Hillbilly was out in the mountains and he wasn't really you know, familiar with modern things and they had a camp down there and he was looking at them and he, he watched as they set up camp and eventually they left and he decided to go down and just investigate among the ruins left behind. There he went down to the camp and he found a can. He had never seen a can before. He was fascinated by it. And then he went down and he picked up another object and he looked into it and stared at it, he became rather misty-eyed. It was a mirror. And he said, I never realized that Poppy had a picture taken of himself. And so he just gazed at that mirror and he took that back up to his cabin and he climbed up to the loft and he put it under the bed ever so carefully and oftentimes he'd pull it out and he'd look at that picture and his wife became rather curious. She knew he had hid something under the bed. And so one day when he had went out, she went up to the loft. She bent down, went under the bed, pulled out that mirror, looked at it and said, hm, Now I know the old hag he's running around with. <laughs> well, <laughs> sometimes people don't use the mirror right, the mirror of God's word. And what James is telling us is that we have to look at God's word and we have to really change. Some of the reasons that we don't change is uh, people look at it in a superstitious way. They look at the Bible and they see it as a good luck charm. Well, here's a verse of Scripture. This will get me through the week. Or they look at it as a means of comfort. They're just going to get a verse of Scripture and comfort them. Oh, I like that 23rd Psalm. Or or somehow some emotional charge uh, or some information because they love to debate theology back and forth. The Bible is given for not so much our information but our transformation. It's given to make a difference in our life. Someone has said, unless the word has made a change in our lives, it has not really entered our lives. James goes from the negative perspective to the positive example and he takes us in verse 25 to a positive portrait the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this not forgetting what he has heard but doing it he will be blessed in what he does now both of them are looking into this mirror as it were both of them are seeing things uh, but there's a difference This man doesn't forget. When he leaves, it doesn't leave his mind. It doesn't disappear from his heart or spirit. That's what the text is telling us. In 1 John 2, 3, it reads, And how can we be sure that we belong to him? By obeying his commandments. If someone says, I belong to God, but doesn't obey his commandments, that person is a liar and does not live in the truth. But those who obey God's word really do love him. That is the way we know whether we live in him if we obey his word. If we obey his word. Hearing the word must be united to personally obeying the word. You cannot divorce hearing and doing. You cannot divorce taking the Bible And just knowing about it from living it out. Because if you do, you don't really have hearing God's word as God wants us to hear it. He wants us to act on it. He wants us to be doers of the word, not merely hearers of the word. Oh, some people love to hear sermons. I mean, they have it down. They can tell you their favorite Bible teacher. They can tell you, oh, this is why I like Joyce Meyer. And they can tell you the reasons why they like her. Oh, they love her illustrations or her ability to get right in your face. Oh, I love T.D. Jakes or whatever the story is. We're good at tasting, as it were, sipping sermons. Uh, God will have none of that. James will have none of that. He said, we must be doers of the word. We must live the word out. I chose this especially for all of our parents this morning and our children that would be here. I read a story in Campus Life about a husband and wife, Dave and Gail, and they had a family devotion every day, and they decided that they were going to memorize a passage of scripture, their whole family. Their two little girls were going to memorize Kara and Dana, and so they memorized a verse a week. One was six years old, and the other was 10 years old, and... One night, as mom and dad were in the um, family room, they heard the two girls fighting. Kara yells out, I hate you! I hate you! Her dad says, I'm going to take care of this. So he calls down the hallway to Kara and said, Kara, what's the Bible verse that you learned this week? And in her sweet, pious voice, she yells back down the hall, this is the Living Bible translation. John, 1 John 4, 11, Dear friends, since God loves us as much as that, we surely ought to love each other too. And then as soon as she quotes the verse, she goes back arguing with her sister. And then he tried it on Dana, and Dana quoted the verse flawlessly, and then he went on fighting. He had to go back and break up the fight. Isn't that just like us We can quote the verses. We know the chapter. We know the verse. We understand the passage. But inside, it hasn't taken root. See, the word of God is like a mirror. It shows us the image of our soul. It shows us the image of God in us, what God wants us to be. You look in that mirror and you say, my, my attitude has to change. God's word reaches out and grips your heart and says, hmm, you got to change that in your life. I want you to live differently here. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. God's Word speaks to us. And what God is expecting is that we take the Bible into daily life. It affects the way we live, the way we talk, the way we act, the way we do everything in life. We're challenged to be doers of the Word. Obeying the word, not merely hearing it. Because if we do it like that, if we just hear it, we deceive ourselves. Self-deception. But notice the contrast. Those who are doers are blessed by God. I mean, he blesses them as they go forward in him. The Bible, Martin Luther said, is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. It lays hold of me. Do you feel that way about God's word? It pursues you. And the Bible translates in the King James and some other, the perfect law of liberty. The NIV says uh, the law that gives us freedom. It's opposite of what we would think sometimes. We think, oh, here's God's law. It's so confining. I can't do this, I can't do that. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, prohibition here. No, 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 no. Understand that this is a perfect law of liberty. It sets you free to be who God intended you to be from the beginning of time. Just for one instance, let's say we decided to take the laws out of some areas of government. How about traffic laws? Imagine on 84, if there were no laws, anything goes. Well, you could drive as fast as you want, 100 miles, or you can go as slow as you want, 20 miles. Uh, and uh, you wouldn't have to signal as you change lane. And, and ha- if you happen to say one day, you know, I decided, I, I, I don't want to go uh, this direction on the eastbound lane, and I'm going to go westbound on the eastbound. There'd be Chaos. I read about Chinese baseball and why it hasn't taken off in China. And I don't know if they changed the rules, but back in the 1980s, Chinese baseball just couldn't take off because they really didn't have any rules. You could take home plate and move it. If the first place... Uh, if the batter is up and he hits a run, he hits, has a hit, and he's running to first base, if he was a slow runner, they would just move first base. I mean, uh, that's so, so imagine you were playing baseball and you said, I'm not going to run the first, I'm going to run the third first. Imagine if you took uh, the net out of the tennis court and you took the lines out of the boundaries. You wouldn't have games. It wouldn't work. Life doesn't work without rules. And God says, my word liberates you to be all that I intend you to be. It's a liberating law that frees us to be the people that God intends us and calls us to be. Now, he goes on to give three solid examples of people doing the word. What does it look like if you're really living out your religion? If you're really living out the word? If you're really practicing the truth? Well, he shows us a nature of acceptable obedience to scriptures. Uh, Do not merely listen to the word, so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. First thing, notice. Control your tongue. Hmm. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue... He just deceives himself and your religion is worthless. It's like saying, it doesn't mean a thing. If you stand and worship and you give in the offering and you bow your knee to pray and you read the Bible, if it doesn't affect you on the inside, it's worthless those huge horses 1500 pounds of muscle and bone and flesh controlled by a 2 by a 2 pound bit that steers them wherever they have to go he said have tight control over your tongue because your tongue is a reflection of your relationship to god what's going on inside john wesley the founder of Methodism, that great evangelical preacher, was preaching one time in a meeting. And a lady fixed her gaze on his new tie. And she somehow didn't like it. At the end of the service, she marched right up to him and said in a sharp tone, your bow tie offends me. (laughs) Mr. Wesley said, I'm sorry does anybody have a pair of shears, scissors? And so someone did. He he says, well, please, cut it off to your leg. She cut it right off by the collar. She cut off those strings that were going down. And he said, are you sure? Is that okay? I don't want to offend you. And she said, I'm sure. I'm satisfied with that. He said, can I have the shears back for a moment (laughs) He says, dear woman, your sharp tongue offends me. Would you please stick it out? Someone said to John Wesley, Mr. Wesley, my talent is speaking it like it is. Telling him what I think. He said, dear sister, I don't think the Lord would mind if you bury that talent. We need to think about what we say, how we say it. How have your words this past week impacted people? Have they pulled people down, or have they built them up? Have they lifted the hearts of others, or have their hearts sunk? The true test of a man's religion is not his ability to speak, but rather his ability to bridle his tongue. Now quickly, the care for the needy is another test. These are not all the tests there are, but care for the needy. It says in verse 27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress, to keep oneself from being unpolluted, polluted by the world. What he is saying here is this. If we look in the mirror of God's word, and we go away, and we forget about it, we are making God's word useless and void. We are making it as though it doesn't count for anything. Real religion, religion that's before God, is going to impact you in your relationship to the poor, to the needy. William Barclay has said, James reminds us, That what is heard in the holy place must be lived out in the marketplace or there is no point in hearing at all. Let me read that again. James reminds us that what is heard in the holy place must be lived in the marketplace or there is no point in hearing at all. I'm grateful that as a community of faith God has blessed us as a church and we take that blessing seriously and we give to missions. We give to our school. But I'm also thankful for people within our church that take very seriously the call to bless and to help others. I think of Emily Foster, who visits our shut-ins on a regular basis and does this as a layperson and, and brings communion and praise and ministers them. I think of Charlie Benson Bonsignor, who has been retired number of years every week volunteers to go down to the salvation army and help with feeding the needy and helping the poor i think about uh chris and jessica faults who felt a call a young couple to minister on vassar college uh, and to disciple young men and young women i think of barbara helms who has a prison ministry who's going into the prisons and and helping and discipling and there's so many others like Saturday, Sunday school, and all of us must be concerned about the needy, the hurting, those that are oppressed. That's where religion is expressed. There's one last thing. In the midst of compassion, we must not lose holiness. And he tells us a third thing. Live a clean life. Keep oneself from being polluted by the world. There's so much garbage all around us. There's so much sin everywhere. And it so easily influences maybe the way we speak or what we watch or how we interact with others. We're called to be holy, godly, pure people. It's not enough that you don't cross the line and commit adultery physically. Your mind must be given to God. And you have to have a pure mind. Your affections must be given to God. Real, true religion expresses itself in men and women keeping themselves from being polluted by this polluted world. It calls for personal holiness in our lives. Well, listen to Jesus' words to us. James has, as it were, digested them and expressed them. In Luke 11:28, 28, he replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Someone had come in the crowd, Blessed is the woman who bore you. And surely Mary was blessed. But Jesus, no, 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 rather blessed is the person who hears the word and obeys it. Hurricane Andrew swept through Florida and and destroyed so much. One television camera went to a certain location. And as they looked at that location, all the houses were leveled except for one. And the interviewer asked this one man whose house stood in the midst of decimated homes all around. Why did your home stand and all these other homes stand? He said, I'm not, I don't know for sure, but I do know this. I built the home myself. And the code called for two by six uh, boards in, in the roof, in the truss. And he said, I did it exactly to code. They said, if you would do it exactly to code, your house would stand a hurricane. And he said, my house has withstood this hurricane. Let me read the words found in the gospel of Matthew to you. So then, anyone who hears these words of mine and obeys them is like a wise man who has built his house on the rock. The rain poured down, the rivers flooded over, the wind blew hard against that house, but it did not fall because it was built on the rock. If anyone who hears these words of mine and does not obey them, he's like a foolish man who built his house on sand. God is asking us to be wise, to build our lives on His Word, not merely to be sermon tasters. My, that was a good message, Pastor. Sunday School teacher, I appreciate my Sunday School. Te- you know, I had my devotions today. Oh, wonderful. But what are we doing? What are we doing with what we hear? James says the only valid thing is if it changes us on the inside. God wants us to be more than hearers of the word, doers of the word. You're on a journey from earth to heaven. Here's the instruction book. Listen so carefully because your life depends on it.
0: What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? These words from the book of James could lead one to believe that we must earn our salvation by good works. Pastor Ed will tackle this difficult subject and more as he teaches through the book of James. We'll learn that works are the result of faith, not the other way around. Although building in faith is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Edward Jones. Please join us next time as Pastor Ed continues teaching through his series, Through the Book of James, right here on Building in Faith.